0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Rob Mana Show. Uh, this is our in-between Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, uh, primary show, and I am so thrilled to have our guest here with us today. The title of the show is Why We Believe in America, and as I said, I'm very excited to have this very special guest on the show this week. Her love for America runs deep down from the long history of her family. Ashley Nolan is an 11th great granddaughter descendant of Pocahontas, and a descendant of Augustine Warner, the grandfather of George Washington, and granddaughter of two different family lines that were on the Mayflower. She is also the development director at Prager University, which makes her truly a national treasure. Prager U promotes American values through the creative use of educational videos that reach millions of people online. Prager U Foundation offers a free alternative to the dominant left-wing ideology in culture, media, and education. Ashley Nolan, welcome to the Rob Mana Show. How are Thank
1: you? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: <laughs> well, uh, you heard my introduction, uh, and uh, two things uh, really caught my attention when I was pitched to have you as a guest on the show, and one is your family history background. I just touched on it, but uh, can you you talk the folks through uh, what your, uh, uh, your heritage is all the way back? Uh, yeah what you know I I mean I mentioned the Mayflower
1: yeah I'll go back from the very beginning in terms of um, kind of my interest in genealogy it started when I was really young I would say probably around 10 my uh, maternal grandfather passed away before I was born and so I never really got to know him I never really got to know his family and so I was always curious. I was always going through um, this dresser that was given to my mother that held some of his uh, valuables, like some old reading glasses and things like that. And there there was always a part of me that wanted to be connected to that, and you know, a piece that I didn't understand. He was older. Um, his parents were older when they had him. And so all of his family and cousins had passed away. So I knew no one from his side of the family. Um, I did know a little bit about... Um, my father's side and my mother's side, but it was the, the very general like, oh, well, we were from Ireland. We were from Scotland. <laughs> you know, same thing. But we were from Germany. Um, kind of the same thing. I think a lot of Americans here until they can dive a little bit deeper into their history. But skip forward uh, 10 or 12 years, I was actually contacted by um, one of my German relatives on Facebook who ended up doing a lot of our tree on my mother's side and had pictures that I had never even seen of my grandmother all the Mm -hmm. way in Germany. And that seemed very distant in my family in terms of, um, yeah, our family came from Germany. Well, it wasn't that distant, actually. They had only come over like in the very late 1800s. And so to hear my history from someone on the other side of the country really was kind of a slap in the face. Like I need to know where I come from. Um, And so then it led, I guess I've been in doing this for about 12 years now, doing my ancestry, but it led me to find out, um, which you already touched upon, um, my my relation to Augustine Warner, my relation to Pocahontas and her sister. So the, what's really interesting is it's all on different sides of my family. So I'm related to Augustine Warner from my, my father's maternal side. I'm related to Pocahontas from my father's paternal side and his sister from my mother's paternal side. So um, all of them, all the lines put together ended up uh, bringing me here today. (laughs) So very fortunate to know about it. And I'm, um, I mean, I'm very glad that we have the ability to be able, we have the technology to be able to, to access that information pretty easily. But um, I do think that all of us should find some kind of importance of who we are and where we come from. And I think if you, you know, I think you were mentioning earlier, right before we, we hopped on, that it's interesting once you do find out about your history, some, some things and some quirks within your own family that have lasted hundreds of years, and definitely uh, my ability to want to st- to stand up for freedom and my craving for independence has lasted for hundreds of years in my family on all sides, so.
0: Yeah, since, since you since you've learned about uh, the genealogy, especially back to, to Pocahontas and uh, who was she the daughter of just for the folks in the audience?
1: Um, she was the daughter of Chief Powhatan, which um, they'll, they have different names for the tribe back then. I think right mm-hmm. now um, the tribe that they would say that they were from was the Nansaman tribe. And I might be butchering the pronunciation of that, but Chief Powhatan had lots and lots of children. Mm -hmm. um Pocahontas was one and you know she only had one child herself she was very young when she got married and so that is a very significant you know significant relation to have to be related to Pocahontas um but in terms of being related to Chief Powhatan he did have a lot of children and I'm sure that a lot of people if they did do their research would probably find out that somewhere along the line they were related to one of them somewhere
0: (laughs) it's entirely possible Yeah. Uh, but the but the importance of that to you uh as you mentioned is uh, uh that you believe in standing up for freedom uh and uh and and I think you know a lot of people realize understand Pocahontas from the Disney perspective so to speak uh uh and I don't usually talk about them right now cuz I'm not happy with them sure. uh, but but the uh, but the storyline and everything but in reality uh I mean her her vision of uh of being willing to stand up for those that weren't like her uh really is kind of a core value uh of the United States of America as it has come to be isn't it
1: yeah yeah and if you think about the significance in that in terms of how young she was too to be able to understand that at such a young age where if you look at the culture war we're in right now kids don't know where they come from they don't know what they stand for they have no roots and so mm-hmm. me finding my roots, I think um, it is has been so helpful for my kids in, tr- in learning history in school. Um, mm-hmm. They're instantly like, oh, well, that's actually my, you know, my family member. And of course, everyone's at school is like, yeah, right. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> no, my mom's actually done that. And so to be able to identify with where you come from, I think that's a huge missing piece um, for a lot of people, not just children, but for adults, too. Um, Knowing where you come from is so important to knowing where you can go, which is exact same thing with history. You know, knowing our history is so important to be able to piece together what our future is going to look like. Um, And so I think if people can connect themselves, you know, one piece that I didn't mention just because it's not necessarily relative to American history is, you know, within my DNA. I don't know um, in my family line where it comes from, but I'm also one percent Ashkenazi Jew and have no idea where that comes from. But I think finding, you know, the pieces to who you are um, can also bring peace to the country because we are, we are almost all of us are from the same cloth. And so to, to separate us consistently is silly. We're, we're, we're all in this together.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's only, uh, there's only one human race, you know what I mean? 100%. Uh, and uh, this, this, the strategy of division that's been going on for so long, uh, not just in this country, but uh, but in many countries where there have been totalitarians that have been yeah. able to get power, uh, it doesn't make any sense. And that's why they always fail, you know, yep. eventually those, those kind of things fail. Uh, but coming up to, you know, using your background as a, uh, as a, as a mirror to reflect in uh, what are the values that, that you want to stand up for you mentioned that you know that goes back a long way in your family yeah. history is wanting to stand up for what you believe in uh, so what are those values
1: yeah um i i do think that i reflect on that sometimes when i'm feeling um what's the word i'm looking for um when i'm feeling not strong or i'm feeling um wishy-washy in terms of what I believe. And I think COVID was a great example. We were all questioning everything that we ever learned during that time frame. But mm-hmm. I think kind of going back and saying, like, we, you, you decide where you want to go and go. And when I look at my family's history, they decided, like, we are tired of this persecution. We're going to get on a very dangerous ship. And we're going to sail thousands of miles Um, And when I think about the problems that we have that are so mild in comparison, but we blow them up and are are offended at the smallest things, I just go back and remember I'm part of that same genetic makeup that decided to come here 400 years ago. And so I'm not going to forget that. And by not forgetting that, um, COVID was a a very big wake up call for me. Um, I was actually working for an organization out of D.C., um, the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. And mm-hmm. I was working in development there as well, fundraising. Um, loved the organization, loved the donors. Um, but during COVID, I actually started March of 2020. COVID hit, couldn't travel. Most of my you know, role consisted of me working with donors all over the country. Um, and that was fine because everyone was in that same boat. But when the vaccine rolled out, um, it did become mandatory at TRCP. And, um, you know, I did send in religious exemption forms i sent in you know my own research what i had done uh, in terms of what was in the vaccine um this doesn't make sense even in terms of our history of how quickly it was rolled out so i just wasn't comfortable it wasn't that i was anti vaccine i i wasn't i was just i'm actually you know pro science in that matter i would like more yeah. studies to have been done so um, anyways, I did end up getting, I, I ended up getting the first vaccine just because I did love my job and I loved what I was doing, but when it, it got down to, I had to be fully vaccinated, that wasn't enough. Just one vaccine wasn't going to be enough. Um, and it was between, do I stand up for what I believe in or do I succumb again? And you know, what does that mean for me? Yeah. And, uh, I couldn't sleep at, at, I couldn't sleep that night and woke up and I, I, just said I wasn't gonna do it. So of course I got fired. Um, and that lit a fire in me that had kind of died out. I, I was in political fundraising um, prior to um, working for TRCP. And that part of me kind of had dwindled out. I got like a lot of people, I've, I got jaded and um, just didn't think that was the route that I could take to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but when this happened to me, I wanted to go and work for an organization that was fighting against this because then it was the first time in my life where I felt like m- my freedom was at stake, and I'd never felt that way before in America. And um, yeah. so I wanted to find the best organization to, that was fighting it, and that was PragerU.
0: Well, and I want to thank you for recognizing it so early. You know, my wife and I are are uh, fully vaccinated. I, I say fully vaccinated. We got the 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 first two of uh, the Moderna shot mm-hmm. uh, early on before we really knew anything. Uh, about it Uh, and look you know i grew up as a military kid uh, and i spent 30 something years in the military so i have yellow uh shot record documents going back to my birth i'm not opposed to vaccines Uh, i've had many mandatory vaccines including the anthrax vaccine which later was turned out was dangerous and and was stopped thank goodness so uh, but but a lot of folks a lot of us we didn't recognize it early on uh because we were i guess we were just we were trapped in, in 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 our mode of thinking uh, of hey you know we can trust the government of the United States they're looking yeah. out for us uh, and everything and, and it just turns out that not everybody in every level of government can we trust anymore uh, even in our own governments yeah. uh, and uh, we see this over and over again and. I, I, I want, to, I want to ask you about something that go back just a second about what you mentioned about uh, young people being able to be connected to their history so they can see where they're going uh, yeah. or where they want to go and make decisions. you know this last election, young people voted against really what what I believe as the United States of America and its value of freedom uh, and individual responsibility in in large large numbers. Uh, do you think PragerU has, uh, uh, as one of the entities that's trying to to communicate with not just young people but all Americans, really and even outside of the country, uh, is is on the right uh, path to be able to get that done?
1: Yeah, yeah, we hope so. Um, you know, we we recently did. Um, Uh, probably I'm going to guess a lot of your viewers saw this. You may have seen this too. One of my colleagues, Annabella Rockwell was interviewed by Tucker Carlson. And then I think she was on Fox news the next Mm -hmm. morning about being indoctrinated um, out Mount Mount Holyoke. And then her, her mother ended up having to literally hire a deprogrammer because she had been programmed to hate her family. She was a victim of society, although she never grew up a victim of anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And, one of our videos uh, actually completely changed her her mind and turned her thinking around to where she was deep diving into all of our videos, which is, which is what we're hoping happens. So the whole goal of our marketing funnel at PragerU is to get in front of the kids on what they're watching right now, um, whether that be YouTube, Instagram. Sometimes we get on, sometimes we're on TikTok, sometimes we're not. <laughs> we, we get kicked off uh, quite a bit. I think we're on there right now. Um, but honestly, the goal and what I feel like will be um, the best bet for us is to get in front of kids, get the kids interested, get them to subscribe to um, our newsletters, um, get them to subscribe to our, our videos that get released every week, and then become so we're not tech, we're we're free of we're tech independent, we're mm-hmm. free of having to go around or get blocked by other folks. And so um, I think that the, the main goal is to get kiddos to see our videos subscribe and then just go directly to our app or our website where you know if depending on the age group parents can be showing this content to kids but it's really about the 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 idea that if people don't know who we are where to find us and so we're hoping that we're popping up in those places where kids are watching shows Um, whether that be youtube whether that be on um, you know one of the apps on tv because now you can download our app directly onto your tv um, but I think that you know we have over 5.5 billion lifetime views, and so we're doing something right. <clears throat> um, we we are talked about by Mother Jones. We're talked about, but well, every every media outlet on the left has talked about us, which is great because that means that clearly they're they're fearful of something, and so they can keep doing that because it, it helps us in the long run. Um, so appreciate that if anyone is on the other Uh, side.
0: Hey, hey, I've had a Mother Jones article written about me before, so that's a big deal. (laughs) Yeah, the New York Post. I mean,
1: um and it always ends up working for our favor. Um yeah. yeah. And so right now it seems to be that, you know, colleges and and not right now, I think it's been a trickle that we're just now realizing. I think COVID was a big eye-opener for a lot of parents, Mm -hmm. what was actually happening in the schools. And so um I think if you can you know take your kids out of school and deprogram them from school and show them prager u videos all day long that that would help you know stop funding the alma maters who are teaching your kids to hate you and put that money somewhere else um, i totally agree
0: with that i i took my youngest son uh out in seventh grade at the beginning of seventh grade and i'm so glad that I yeah. did it. We're, we're seniors in high school this year. I'm his homeschool teacher. So, That's wonderful. <laughs> you know, uh, but, but, but he has a ability to look at things, uh, to, not through any expertise of mine, but just having been taken out of that environment. Yeah. He has the ability to look at things and make a decision where nine times out of 10, he makes a decision that I would have made uh, uh, when I was his age and that was 40 something years ago, you know? So, uh, yeah. so that's, a that's a what you just said about getting your kids out of the government schools, uh, is really something that's important. I don't know if you saw the latest project Veritas, uh, release about this Dean of students at a private, a uh, real expensive private school, I think in Chicago, uh, talking about things that he has told to students that, We would never and should never be talking to students about as the adults that are in charge uh, of a school or even as adults that are part of parents groups, right?
1: Yeah, it's insane. And and then the fact that we have to go to bat with this, what seems to be very much common sense and Mm. to be looked at that we're the insane ones. I just want parents just know that you're not the insane ones. So don't, you know, don't let the school boards intimidate you. Don't let the teachers unions intimidate you you have you you know we're born with instinct we're born with intuition um and i think utilize that during this time because um it's easy to be manipulated i mean the the left owns the media so trust yourself
0: yeah, yeah. well well i've watched some PragerU videos you know uh I, I can't say that i go to the site all the time but but yeah. i do i do watch some quite a bit uh but so so tell the audience uh, ashley You know, what what are the big uh, uh, pillars as far as the communications messages that Prager's working on uh, these days to to get to, especially young people and maybe even their parents?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, Prager used goals to um, provoke thought and change minds by presenting an alternate view to the left, the indoctrinated media for ages four and 104. Um, So our videos are educational, provide the truth uh, around America's unique concepts we have over 16 shows and over 5.5 billion lifetime views. Um, and so the way in which, you know, folks can find us would be through, um, we do videos. We have like 3 million subscribers on YouTube. You could go to YouTube. You can go directly to our site. Um, and if, say if, you're, say, if you're a parent and you're looking for something very specific to share with your children, whether that be on history, civics, character building, that's something that you could search within our site, just like you would any other search engine, Um, We have we have a financial literacy course that's brand new that we've received rave reviews about. That's another thing that's being left out of education is talking about finances and how to control your money at a young age. Um, And I think that that's going to just grow. Um, And we have uh, a TV show over over history for kiddos. Um, We have. I'm trying to think of off the top of my head, how many kiddo shows that we have. But we realized we started at sixth grade, um, you know, starting in terms of our kid content. And then we mm-hmm. realized kids are being indoctrinated by pre-K. So we had to oh, go yeah. even younger. Um, and we've done that over the last couple of years. And so we're shifting our marketing. We're going where the left is going because we have mm-hmm. to. So, yeah. you know, we're shifting all the time, just kind of depending on where they're going and where they're trying to take our, our kids. Um, and then outside of just our our kid content, our five minute videos, um, we do a real talk with Marissa, our CEO, where she brings um, interesting folks. And in, you know, I th- I think the most recent one maybe she's done was with uh, Best Buy CEO, um, and we you know talk about the business side of things, and then also what culture is doing to you know businesses right now. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of different information, but we have all we have all kinds. Of, we have sixteen different shows. So wow. um, something for everybody on there, for sure. Uh,
0: does the organization have a view on uh, this question just popped in my mind because it's uh, it's uh, in the media uh, over the last uh, 36 hours, and that is uh, ESG, environmental, uh, social, and governance uh, uh, standards that some of these big major corporations and investment firms have adopted. I think Vanguard uh, is one that my wife had a... A <laughs> 401k in it, uh, and they're being subpoenaed over in Texas to come talk about uh, uh, about their goals. Because apparently these companies, they're not making fiduciary responsibility decisions anymore. They're making decisions based on climate change and this ESG uh, yeah. concept, uh, which I believe is not exactly following the law, is it? Watch the rest of this interview on Red Voice Media Premium using the link below. Completely uncensored and ad-free. Not a member yet? Try it for $1.